Good morning, good morning, and good morning, and welcome to yet another episode of Popping Off with Phil, the podcast. Happy Tuesday, co-host. I'm not going to even ask how everyone's weekend was. I know if you're anything like me, you've been inundated with the media coverage and the social media coverage and commentary on what is known or what has become a global pandemic in the name of coronavirus, aka COVID-19, aka Rona, uh, aka (laughs) Miss Rona, (laughs) as the kids are calling it, and y'all know what kids I'm talking about. Nonetheless, um, here we are, uh, Tuesday, and many... Uh, people are frustrated with the way things have been handled. Um, people are frustrated with um, what is being asked of us as citizens, as global citizens, to combat this virus. And today's episode is how to deal with a pandemic. Because I think it's important. I think it's important to have a conversation because I have seen the pendulum swing, swing, swing. Guess I got Corona. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But I got to keep it light. I've seen the pendulum swing from panic and chaos, which is what we've seen from our social media anchors and reporters, uh, incidents happening in our local grocers, incidents happening in our clubs, our, 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 our warehouse clubs, like your BJ's and your Costco's and your Sam's Club, um, where people are arguing and fighting over items, items that are, are very interesting to me. I, I never thought that tissue would become such a hot commodity in a pandemic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like tissue and paper towel, like it's really odd that you find yourself in a grocery store or um, one of those warehouse clubs and not be able to find toilet tissue, you know? Um, you know, bread and milk and and water and eggs and, and even meat, I understand. Bananas was also an interesting thing. I went to the grocery store on Friday. My experience was very different from things that I've, I've, I've observed via, you know, different social media platforms, but also very different from the conversations that I've had with people because some people were in stores in lines for an upwards of two and a half, three hours, you know, waiting to get just a few items. I went to the store on Friday and although they ain't had shit, they ain't had no meat, they ain't had no bread, they ain't had no eggs, they ain't had no bananas, they ain't have any tissue. Um, I wasn't necessarily going for either of those things or any of those things, but, um, I spent more time walking around the store than I actually spent gathering the items that I was looking for and checking out. Um, and when I went back on f- Sunday to, to pick up some additional items because I had cooked, I, everything for the most part was there, S- save the tissue. Still, 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 still dealing with this whole t- tissue uh, um, shortage. But everything was pretty much there. So so my experience is different. But I, I, I describe that as chaos. To be in a grocery store um, and, ha- and, and seeing a, a woman with 12 rolls of tissue fighting with a woman over one roll of tissue. And not roll, but like pack. You know what I'm saying? So we'll say a pack of, pack of 12. You know, you, you already have 
multiple roles so you should be covered i just need one it's just one of me and we're literally in altercation we're in conflict over that that's chaos and that's and that's and that's pandemonium and i don't know if that is well i i do know i know that that's not how we should be responding in this in this environment you know um all of us are affected not just one person so I, I don't know why I expect that in this situation that we would have a little bit more empathy for one another. But, hey, uh, it would be nice if you have a surplus or an abundance and one person just needs one that you would be willing to give that up. But I also don't think being apathetic about it helps either. The people who think it's a hoax, kind of how the president was when it initially was announced uh, that it's a hoax and that it's nothing to get worked up about. And then we start to see the effects of the pandemonium and how it's affecting us all how it's affecting the economics of things I I, I honestly believe that if the president came out very early on and instead of calling it a hoax and it being a laughable situation nothing really to overly concern yourself about actually offered some got ahead of things and offered some comfort in these times we might not be seeing the yo-yo effect on the economics that we've been seeing you know the 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 low lows you know i mean thank thank god i have another 35 years to work so i can afford a a 1900 a 1900 point drop almost every other day but there are many americans who don't have that privilege uh and so that's concerning and so i think that we have to be careful to kind of fall somewhere in the middle so just to talk a little bit about the virus itself so um Just doing a, a, a little research on Corona, finding out that <clears throat> the, 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 the symptoms are fever, cough, and, and shortness of breath. And I consider those, those symptoms to be the trifecta, like the trinity of symptoms. Like when you look at other viruses and other infections and other diseases, these are one of three things that a person could experience they could experience one two or all three but is there possibility that any one of these things could be experienced by someone who is exposed to a particular virus or an infection particularly a coronavirus that the incubation period is two to 14 days which is mirrored by MERS which was the middle east respiratory syndrome that kind of came into play back in 2012 was it's a viral respiratory infection but it was first observed in humans uh in saudi arabia and then it spread to the united states and other places in the country other places in the world and a lot of people have died from it you know so the that's kind of what they're looking at so let's just take this into perspective a person could very well be asymptomatic we've seen where Tom Hanks and his wife, they were traveling in Australia when it got tested because the test was available to them. They got tested because they weren't feeling well. They were feeling, you know, fatigued and tired and didn't really know what was going on. Thought it could have possibly been the flu. Thought it could have possibly been pneumonia. You know, anything because they're traveling. Um, only to find out that they had a positive uh, coronavirus test. Idris Elba, who tested positive and posted on social media yesterday and I think it's really good that people who are 
celebrities, people we consider to be celebrities, are posting and talking about it to show that they're not exempt. Like it, it has nothing to do with money. It has it's nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with uh, religion. Anybody can be infected who comes in contact with someone else who's exposed. And I think it's good that they're talking about it. But he basically was like, you know, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm here with my wife. She's doing fine. She hasn't been tested yet but could likely be positive because she's been exposed to him. But we're looking at a two to 14 day incubation period. So that's, that's, that's two weeks where a person could be exposed to coronavirus, um, asymptomatic, which means because they're asymptomatic, they're not really having any of these symptoms, not feeling feverish, not having a cough, not dealing with shortness of breath because they could be a relatively healthy, youthful person, um, they're exposed, they're carrying or a host for the particular virus and they're, and they're around other people who are not exposed or people who are at a higher risk of infection and, and possibly death because of their demographic, because they're an older citizen because they are a citizen with a pre-existing condition such as diabetes or heart or lung disease or I mean even if you're a person who probably who's an asthmatic I would assume uh, a person who who normally has uh, has instances of bronchitis I know like my little brother not too long ago was dealing with bronchitis. He's an asthmatic, so of course his bronchitis is exasperated. Um, a person who is prone to upper respiratory infections, whether they are whether they're a person who has some other pre-existing condition that you know incites that, or just somebody who's just prone to them because of how you know it's a viral infection. So because of their 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 line of work, or if they travel a lot, or whatever the case is, you know we have so many people in our community, the world community, the global community that could be affected by this disorder because of other things that they're dealing with. And so if you are a person who is asymptomatic and has been exposed to this particular virus and is actually a carrier or host of this virus and you find yourselves in these situations where you're around other people, your children, um, your your elderly relatives be it your parents or your grandparents like you you could be part of the problem and I think that's why being apathetic about it creates a larger issue Um, because it's not just about you personally whether or not you're sick it's about the risk of exposing other people in that higher risk demographic um, because you're not really taking things seriously and I think that that's the bigger problem Um, when I was kind of looking at the countries that are affected China, Italy, Iran, Spain, South Korea, Germany, France, the U.S., of course, Switzerland, Norway, Japan. Um, Out of those countries, five of them have universal health care or some type of socialized health care system. Yet and still, they're still in situations where they're dealing with this problem, um, having to navigate this issue. even when it's not an issue about healthcare for all, in some instances, it's just about access and just not having the capacity to serve all of those individuals who are being affected. So I went to my doctor 
yesterday just for my three-month checkup and he was basically saying hey you know it's quite possible that I've definitely probably been exposed to the virus having worked in a doctor's office and people come in with different symptoms not exactly knowing what it is we've tested them for they don't have pneumonia we've tested them for the flu um they don't have an upper respiratory infection so there's really not a uh an adequate and accurate diagnosis for what's going on it's quite possible that that could have been corona you know i had flu-like symptoms in a, in a viral infection earlier this year which could have possibly been corona though i was treated for the flu you know what i'm saying um and and the fact that we don't have adequate access to to testing to make sure that we know what's going on so my doctor was saying that they only get five tests pretty much a week you know they go through them relatively quickly and I don't you know of course he couldn't get into how many of those tests came back positive versus how many of those tests came back negative but he was basically saying that you know we're we're trying to figure out ways in our office to create this whole atmosphere of social distancing if people think that they possibly are being affected how we're treating them how we're handling it you know bringing them in through a separate entrance making sure that we're gloved and we are properly masked so we can attend to them not to make them feel uncomfortable but to make sure that we're protecting ourselves because we have so many other people that we have to see because obviously being a healthcare provider it's an essential job duty you you don't have the ability to just kind of take off um so just trying to find ways to to mitigate the spread if if at all possible and you know we there's so many people who could be affected could be exposed that haven't been tested because we just don't have the, the the capacity and the ability or the test to test everyone who may have a symptom like most of the people who are being tested in the united states from my understanding are people who are gravely ill people who are extremely sick not necessarily somebody who just has a cough and perhaps a shortness of breath you know um obviously you know we have a wide range of people who are um what's the word i'm looking for uh hypochondriac so you know in any small cough or sneeze like oh lord corona so you have that to deal with but we're only really testing people who are gravely ill so it means there are a lot of other people out there who are dealing with this disease i was looking at the the united states map today um places like new york california uh a florida as well as Washington State. Um, And I've heard some disparaging things about what's going on in Seattle particularly. But those places are places where we have confirmed cases of corona, positive testings, anywhere between 501 and 1,000 cases. And we know in all of those places that community based spread has been a factor um which is why the the governor of california you know closed down bars and nightclubs and restaurants because we can see based on the data that the that this this virus is being spread because we're among one another um there are other places where we you know the numbers aren't as high uh, West Virginia oddly is showing, you know, really no data. 
and I don't know what's going on there, but they're showing no data, but it could be because, hey, if, if they haven't showed any data now, maybe they're not getting the the supplies they need to adequately test to see what's going on. Maybe there isn't anybody who is gravely ill, but I don't think, you know, we could sit down and we could hypothesize and, and talk about um, all these ideas of um, of conspiracy theories and how we feel like the government's trying to keep us locked down and locked away. Or we can really look at the facts and, and, and observe the fact that people are gravely ill or, or dying from this, this virus that we don't yet have a handle on. And the suggestions that are being made are suggestions to ensure that we can kind of uh, decrease the spread. Um, let's look at Italy particularly. Italy is in a dire situation. And that's why I think that the panic and chaos and pandemonium that I'm seeing in the United States, some of the things that I've observed in Georgia are are ridiculous because we obviously have a situation where people are uh, are in 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 a, in a graver condition. So Italy Part of the reason why they believe that things have become so bad in Italy is that 23% of the population is over 65. And we know that that puts those individuals in that higher risk of infection demographic. People who are of a certain age, um, who likely have compromised immune systems because of age, not necessarily because they have lung or heart disease or they're diabetics, but just because of their age. They're in that that higher risk they can't really recover from something like this and we know pneumonia if because this is pneumonia like typically only takes out typically uh and when I say take out that sounds so bad but typically people who succumb to pneumonia are people who have compromised immune systems Uh, it's not necessarily healthy people um but people who have compromised immune systems are people who have allowed the symptoms to go on for a period of time to where now other 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 organs and other parts of their body are being affected negatively because they didn't treat the pneumonia in time. Um, so again, 23% of the population in Italy is over 65. Um, and you juxtapose that to USA where the percentage is 16%, which is still a pretty high percentage. Um, Italy has the second oldest population on earth and culturally the young interact and mingle with their elders frequently i was reading where it is not uncommon for um, a young italian to live in the rural countryside with their parents with their grandparents and then travel to a larger city like milan for work daily daily and so this is where that social interaction piece and and why social distancing is so important because you have a, a relatively healthy person a young italian who is going into the city where they're being exposed to to the virus and other germs and then bringing that back to the countryside to their grandparents and their parents who obviously are not necessarily near the 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 you know the 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 or they're not close to the nearest medical facility you know these are all things that you have to keep in mind when you're talking about somebody who lives in a rural countryside as opposed to somebody who lives in a major city um And so, you know, they're commuting back and forth. They're exposed to this. 
like I said earlier, two to 14 days is the incubation period. You may or may not have any of the three symptoms that I that I spoke about, but that doesn't mean that you're not a host or not carrying the infection or the virus and you're not exposing other people. So I think what Italy is experiencing, and I, I get this from my aunt, you know, you don't always have to learn things by making your own mistakes. Sometimes you learn things from watching other things. I think what Italy is doing or what I've read and and what I can observe and just logically speaking the social distancing that's happening in Italy now is reactionary but unfortunately because of the the demographic because of the culture of the country the disease or the virus at this point is so widespread it's just harder to contain so now not only are the people who are in the high risk demographic, the elderly and the people who have pre-existing conditions, um, different diseases and complications, not only are they being affected, but now we're also seeing that younger people are being affected. The 20 and the 30 year olds are finding themselves being gravely ill. Someone was posting the other day, they have a friend who's a a, a nurse, they're, they're a friend of a friend who is a nurse in Italy is saying, part of what's happening is we don't have the space and the capacity and the equipment. So we can't, for those people who are having shortness of breath and having issues with breathing, we don't have enough respirators to make sure that they are able to breathe. We don't have enough beds. We don't have, you know, we don't have what we need to even treat the symptoms that are going on. And so social distancing is what they're doing. It, it's reactionary to what's been going on, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's behind the eight ball, if you will. Whereas what our what our local and federal government are asking us to do now is more precautionary. We don't have hundreds of well, I don't want to say hundreds of thousands. We don't have thousands and thousands of cases of of of, of confirmed cases for the particular virus. Now that's two parts. Some of that is because we don't have the testing in place to do it. So obviously there's probably a plethora of people who walk it around who are infected who are unaware. Um, but again, we don't have thousands and thousands of cases it hasn't necessarily been going on here for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks to where we couldn't control it we don't have a tremendous amount of deaths as a result of it and so the social distancing and what people are asking of us is precautionary because we've seen the effects when it's not taken when we when we we're not taking it seriously and we're not trying to observe these things like making sure that we're keeping people separate from each other so I know that is frustrating I you know if I don't know anything about being American and I learned this from traveling abroad is that we are um we do not like to be inconvenienced um we would rather suffer and be in pain than be inconvenienced which is what makes Americans sometimes horrible global travelers because we have this expectation that things should happen according to our wills and our whims or our whims and our wills and that's not always the case and so I I look at I liken this to um severe weather advisories in Georgia so a number of years ago and I don't remember when this was because I've been here a while now so it all kind of runs together um there was some 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 inclement weather that was uh that the meteorologists spoke about hey we're gonna get this this is what's gonna happen and we were ill prepared um it's not like growing up in the midwest or those of you who've grown up in the northeast where when we know that there's gonna be inclement weather or even the threat of inclement weather we got salt trucks out the night before salt trucks out that morning you know making sure that the roads are properly treated so that we don't have a problem you know that's not how things are 
are done here one because we don't have the trucks and we don't have the equipment you know people are laying down sand and kitty litter like hopefully this will help with the ice but you know that's what we got but even if it was a situation where we were actually out on the roads preemptively making sure that they were treated and taken care of it might be different but in this particular instance we did not do that and I left work early mind you I have always lived with the exception of maybe 12 months when I first started in a period of time where I was living with a friend uh maybe a year or so ago I've always lived no more than 20 we'll say 25 miles from work so my commute has always been anywhere between 20 30 minutes at the max the majority of the time that I've worked where I work and it took me an hour and 20 minutes to get home which is unheard of because of how bad the roads were well people were stuck the freeways looked like parking lots people had to leave their cars there were people that I know who were in traffic upwards of six seven eight hours having to use the bathroom in their vehicles having to pull on you know park their cars and on the side of the road use the bathroom like people were talking people were out of their cars people had to leave their cars on the freeway or people found themselves getting to their neighborhoods but because their neighborhoods were up hills that they couldn't get up the hills because of the ice um because of the the liability school school bus drivers were not driving the kids to their stops like they stopped driving because of the you know obviously the threat of possibly slipping and getting into an accident and they didn't let schools out in enough time for the school buses to get the kids back to their stop safely or for parents to come get their kids early so kids spent the night in schools and 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 parents were livid they were livid at the fact that the schools did not properly transport their kids to their to their locations they were livid at the fact that they couldn't get to their children or their children couldn't get to the to them so they had to spend a night some two nights in the schools and so now what the what the how the how the state of georgia responds in those situations is the threat of that type of weather is okay schools closed for the week um pick up your kids early today no after school care all of those things and and a lot of people are frustrated by that but i'm like you do remember how things were when we didn't take the proper precaution and it, it seems that it's always a situation where no matter what's decided it's either not enough or too much there's never a i'm comfortable with what's going on and so i look at this the same way um we see what's going on in italy and one of the things that they've said is the amount of infections have have decreased or will decrease you know once we create this whole concept of social distancing they're at the point now where they have to be on a lockdown um they they literally have to be on lockdown because they have to get things under control we're not there yet and we don't want to get there and we can't get there if we're not taking this thing seriously and i'm going to be honest people aren't taking social distancing seriously when they said that you should limit the interaction between you and other people to 250 or now it's 50 but it was originally 250 you know people are still going to restaurants obviously we got to go to grocery stores people still going to restaurants people still going to the movies people still going to the gym gym being one of the nastiest places that you could ever go to and this is the thing if helping decrease the spread of the disease hinges on the fact that people should wash their hands we know full damn well people don't wash their hands and people aren't going to start washing their hands because this virus is going around let's just put this in perspective 
the people who don't wash their hands on a regular basis that we see at church, at work, at school, in public, at restaurants, don't care about the spread of viruses. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're not concerned about the spread of viruses because the same things from not washing your hands, maybe not necessarily coronavirus, but the flu and colds and you know other viral and bacterial infections still will spread because you don't wash your hands. So we can't expect and and put our and and put our hands or our lives in the hands of these individuals because they don't believe in that shit no way. So to be in those places and you know people are like, well, it was only like eight or ten people in the gym. That's plenty of social distancing. There are only eight to ten people in the gym. And obviously this is a gross underestimation because there's more than eight to 10 people in gym because there's more than eight to 10 people who work for the fucking gym. So you're saying that there's only eight to 10 people in the gym. So I'm a, I'm a double that and say there's only 16 to 20 people in the gym, the hour to the hour and a half to two hours that you're there. What about the other nine hours that the gym was open? (laughs) You know, where it was 20 to 30 people there during that time not properly taking care of equipment. I mean, people are, you know, it's supposed to be a courtesy in the gym that once you finish using the machine, especially if you sweat all over the motherfucker, that you actually get something and wipe it down. Well, we know that people don't do that. You think people are doing that now because, because it, it, you know, because we have this spread of this virus that people, uh, most people believe is a hoax. Okay, people, let's be real. So, you know, people weren't taking the virus serious because it's an inconvenience. You know, I don't want to be locked up in my house. I don't want to be quarantined to my particular home. You know, everybody's talking about they don't want to have to participate in a, excuse me, 14 to 30 day lockdown where the National Guard is called in patrolling the streets, making sure people really ain't in them. But they don't want to participate in social distancing where they're given the choice and say, hey, you just need to limit this. People still want to do what they want to do. So that's why we're in the situation that we're in. We don't want to mirror what happened in Italy where things are now out of their control and everything's a reaction. We're trying to be precautionary and people just need to take take heed to that. I've seen so many comments about it ain't real and it's just the government trying to control and blah, 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 blah. And all of those things may have some validity at some point but at the bottom line is I as an individual have a responsibility to make sure that I am my careless behavior doesn't adversely affect someone else you know it's that same thing about people coming to work sick you know that you snotting and sneezing and coughing and scratching and itching but you come to work and engage with people in meetings in the restroom in the cafeteria knowing well that you are not well and not taking the necessary precautions to wash your hands on a regular basis or cover your mouth or sneeze on your arm or have hand sanitizer with you or Lysol to spray things down it's socially irresponsible and so if people are socially irresponsible with influenza and the common cold what do you think they're going to do with with this so that's why social distancing is so important so how do you survive a pandemic you listen you listen to the professionals you you read for your own understanding and not get caught up in what's being sensationalized you actually go to the cdc website and say what are they saying about coronavirus you actually read coverage and figure out what's going on you listen to npr try to figure out what's going on in some of these countries that were adversely affected in a much graver circumstance like your italy like your china where people have have died and people are continuing to die because of the response and because of what's going on that's how you survive 
you get you some food you get you some alcohol you get you some snacks and make sure your internet's work and and that's how you survive that's how you deal with it you facetime your loved ones you facetime your boo thing unless y'all live together um and then you guys just make sure that if you are cohabitating with somebody or you have children or whatever the case is, that you are creating those social distancing environments within your own house. Get them something to do. Put a movie on in their room and close the door. They'd be all right. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we have to do these things to make sure that we're staying healthy, but also that we are limiting our access and our, our, our exposure to a disease that we going around carrying to other folks because we don't care. I think it's ridiculous that i've heard some religious leaders and other people in 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 the church talk about folks who chose not to attend church this sunday um it's not a lack of faith uh it's not a lack in belief in god but listen god is healing people of, of 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 miraculous things but he not coming around touching everybody who got the who got a cold let's just be come on now you know people who got the flu got the flu you can pray all day long it's the flu you know what i'm saying people who get pneumonia it's pneumonia uh so this is a virus it's an infection god is not necessarily touching everybody who has this infection it happens we're in a community-based society where we're always around people so just listen to what the folks say and stay your ass at home and out these streets and limit the spread of something that we don't yet have a handle on because there aren't enough tests to confirm whether or not somebody has it and there isn't a vaccine a, a, a vaccination yet for it i can never say that word right a vaccine i think that's what it is sounds like i'm saying that vaccine but with an a anyway we don't have treatment for it so until we have treatment for it we have to you know be committees of one and make sure that we're doing our part to limit the spread of the virus to other folks so that's my word of advice that's how you survive a pandemic also think about those individuals who are going to be gravely affected if we have if we're forced into a lockdown you know right now we're always already in a situation i'm in georgia so we're already in a situation where particularly my my alma mater and the schools within the auc have extended spring break uh and during that time administration is going to be figuring out how they can become this virtual community to finish out the school year because classes the 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 campus is virtually closed until august makes a lot of sense because it's a smaller community where people are very closely uh you know very closely together you know so we can't risk an entire college campus walking around being sick uh, and going out into the world and carrying what's going on you know that would be that would be dreadful so I understand what they're doing but you know we got people who were scheduled and slated to graduate this year who potentially won't have a commencement you know people who have other partial requirements towards their graduation who are going to have to try to find out ways to fulfill those requirements because they can't do it on campus and it requires people and capital in order to make that happen um if we force into a full i mean we already got people kids are out of school for two and three weeks so you know a couple weeks ain't bad mom and daddy may not necessarily have to miss work but what happens when we're talking about the rest of the school year you know you can't leave your 12 year old at home unaccompanied for the next eight weeks 
You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, those are the things that we need to think about that if we don't take social distancing more serious, where we'll be forced because we can't control the spread of the virus. So those are the things that we need to kind of keep in our minds. Anyway, I could lecture you all day long on what you should and shouldn't do. I just want everybody to stay safe and I want everybody to stay healthy. Um, I want people to focus less on conspiracies and hone in on the facts. And the facts are there is a deadly virus that is among us that is spreading at uncontrollable rates. And we want to make sure that we keep ourselves, our elders, um, and individuals who already have pre-existing conditions uh, from having to deal with this. So happy Tuesday, y'all. Thanks for listening. Remember to like, to share, to repost, to comment. Um, Give me feedback. Let me know what you think. Shoot me your ideas, things that you want to hear me talk about, things you want to hear me you you would like my opinion on um because that's 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 all i'm here to do just provide my my little commentary on the world anyway y'all have a great tuesday stay safe remember to socially distance yourselves from others all right peace